Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh, We go across to the Irish Centre in Leeds for the second part of uh, the Indoor League Odyssey. We uh, looked at the intro titles last week. We might get a bit further on this week, I suspect we might not. Um, if you're not familiar with Indoor Indoor League or the Indoor League to give it its full title, either is fine. It's the uh, mid 1970s ITV uh, daytime show, which featured basically pub sports. Mm. It was devised by Sid Waddell, who went on to become the darts commentator, and it was presented by Fred Truman, cricket legend. <laughs> it's inexplicable <laughs> when you put it Lots like that. It's inexplicable. What? Lot to unpick. Pick. And it took place, as I said, in the Irish Centre in Leeds, which was um, a, a fog of beer and cigarettes. And it was uh, very much of its time. Very much and, um, the 19... How, how, you know, as someone who's born in 1975 and doesn't have a huge amount of memories of the decade, yeah. this is how I just imagine it to look <laughs> and smell it, yeah. and feel <laughs> for the whole 10 years. <laughs> Completely. So we've um, we got to the point where um, Fred Truman appears on screen for the first time, and as I said, cricket legend. He only retired a few years previously. He was in England captain, I believe. Um, Do we know much about how he came to take this job? I don't know. I think he'd done a bit of telly. I think he'd done some kind cricket, of punditry, punditry yeah. on, on the cricket, yeah. And uh, obviously, he was a Yorkshire player and a Yorkshireman. And this a producer was... saw him and was sort of like, "This man, now I know a telegenic charisma when I see it." Well, I'd, and Truman's uh, got it. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a producer; it'd have been Sid Waddell. I think this was entirely yeah. Sid Waddell's baby. Yeah, um, his vehicle. It, 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 it reeks of Waddell. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Waddell was like, "I've been looking for a vehicle for Fred Truman for a while." Oh. <laughs> I just want to hang out with Fred Truman. In, in, one night, in a dream, it hit me: indoor league. <laughs> I woke up and I kept a notepad next to the bed to quickly (laughs) jot it down in. Do you keep a notepad next to the bed? Nah. Nah. They they say writers should do that, don't they? They should always have a notepad next to the bed. Yeah, I wish I had over the years. I've had some cracking dream ideas. I've had some ideas. And then I always think, I'll definitely remember that in the morning. That's a cracking one, that. And then you never do, do you? I tell you what I love is finding... I've probably talked to you about this before, but... You know, you. I don't know if you experienced this when you moved recently, but old notepads 
I don't go out of my way to keep old notepads mm. from old jobs or periods of my life, but they're not something that I'm, I, you know, they they crop up in boxes, drawers, and all the rest of yeah. it. Some going back years, and yeah. sometimes I fucking find one and go through it, and I fucking piss myself laughing because there'll be they're always my notepads are always like a mixture of like work. So, like, there'll often be to-do lists, but it'll be a to-do list from, like, 15 years ago or something. Wow. So that's yeah. sort of fascinating. But then there'll be lots of doodles, because I'm a, I'm a doodler, yeah. right? And then, and what and what's interesting about that is the doodles rarely change over the years. Even I can go back to old school books and the doodles really? are the same. They're, very hell. often it's footballers in motion, <laughs> right? <laughs> Or faces of maniacs, Spe- specific footballers, or just no, no, just just fo- just like little doodles, kind of you know, cartoon footballers, generic footballers, usually yeah. running with the ball or heading the ball or something or, like that. Oh, you, you mentioned maniacs as well. Yeah, sometimes just the faces of maniacs. <laughs> I draw like maniac faces. The reached face of a maniac. <laughs> but also, then you get like pads that you've been in meetings or something where you just jot down an idea mm-hmm. in one line because mm-hmm. in context, you know what that means. But mm-hmm. 15 years later, you're like, what the fuck is that, right? Yeah. And I found some notepads from when I was at Heat and I thought I could almost do a whole fucking social media account just out of these. Well, like, I mean, we, 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 we could do a deep dive into one of your we notepads We could deep dive them because... Want. It's trying to decipher some of the shit that I yeah. wrote down. like, And I took pictures and sent it to Dave, who you know, mm-hmm. right, who worked at Heat with me, and go, what the fuck is this? Can you remember what this is? And he never mm. remembers either. Mm. And uh, But it's fucking funny. And other old jobs I've had as well, where you're just like working on magazines and part of the job is to come up with fucking stupid ideas yeah right and but then they're even stupider when you look back out of context i love deep diving old notebooks love I've it i've got a few i did i did come across a few when i was boxing stuff up but the 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 main takeaway from that was that i've had so many shite ideas in the years <laughs> that just were were either shite initially or just let the other things that were shite so um I probably wouldn't want to deep dive them too much, but um, well, I, I've, I've been thinking about shite ideas a lot recently in the amount I've had, and I would say I've had more than most. But the thing is, I've acted <laughs> upon so many shite ideas as well, <laughs> and some of them I've actually managed to bring to fruition. Right, <laughs> bread but, on the table from. <laughs> yeah, as I get older, I kind of think like ninety percent of what I've done was pointless, mm-hmm. <laughs> other than for the money it might have mm-hmm. brought in. Right, and. Um, then I thought, I was thinking this the other day, and I was thinking, doing this podcast is really great because it's like a dumping ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no offence to the people who pay good money to listen. Enjoy your dumping ground, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again. We should, no, but what I mean is it just gets it out of my system. Yeah. Well, I know I'll we say it. Before, yeah, I'll say it, and then it's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas really in the it. past, some of the shit I might have come out with on this, po- on this podcast, I wouldn't have had that outlet, and I'd have mm-hmm. gone... If I'd been in a job that with a budget at my disposal, I'd have gone, mm. right, this idea that I've had on my way in, I'm going to turn into a, a massive thing, a real yeah. thing. Project. Why? No one mm. needs that. And spent money on it, right? Yeah. 
or just in other times when I was sort of freelancing, I'd be like, I'm going to turn that into a television program or a book <laughs> or a fucking article. And it doesn't need to have been done. All it needs is me to have said it, get mm-hmm. it out of my system. It's gone. It's mm-hmm. fucking gone into an idea landfill, which I'll be honest is now I re- increasingly understand 90 to 95% of all the ideas I've ever had. They were just needed to go into landfill. Yeah. idea landfill yeah into an ideas pit into a, a tank that got shipped to china and yeah. thrown into a massive pit like that pit that boba fett falls into in return of the jedi absolutely yeah or jeff bezos's pit of used uh, yeah well, jeff bezos has got a high-tech pit. pit that's yeah. like a gigantic like um what do you call it waste disposal system mm. but the the breadth of the grand canyon but it's mechanical. <laughs> Full of your ideas. <laughs> yeah. That's what Bezos has got, whereas Jabba the Hutt's one looked like a big desert vagina, didn't it? Yeah, that was right, yeah. But if you, you are been... if, if you are a writer or a creative person, hang on mm. to your notebooks, and recycling ideas is a great way of not having to come up with new ideas. Just because somebody yeah, rejected true. something 15 years ago doesn't mean yeah, that bring it, it back. Could, might, might not be relevant or you could turn into something else. Um, yeah yeah but Brit, keep them mainly just because it's a laugh I mean yeah. there was a podcast I don't know if it's still going but I went on as a guest once and there was these um, two women it was funny but I can't remember what it's called it was quite successful and it was um, they basically just went through one of their teenage diaries from like oh, yeah. the early noughties yeah I can't I remember, remember what it's called but they were both funny you know mm. And it's sort of a nice idea, really, because really it was just like this. It was like they didn't go deep into the diary every week. They just like read out one bit and then that would spiral into a conversation about pop music or some other sort of thing, a feature of their teenage lives. Um, Sounds very familiar. (laughs) Self-history. So (laughs) that's what you'd call it. I don't even know how we got onto that. No. makes a change. Keep Um, your diaries. Yeah, oh no! It was, it's Sid Waddell waking up in the night and writing yeah, down that's right, yeah. the 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 idea for indoor league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there we are. We we have Fred Truman in front of us, um, who is a cricket legend, as I say, and has very much the vibe of a scary uncle. One of those uncles yeah. you don't see very often, but he's, you find him unsettling because he's slightly overly aggressive. I used to have a yeah. great uncle called Uncle Alf, who would always box me and my brother when we were like about six or seven years old and he had a, a permanent limp because he'd fucked his knee when he worked down the mine so uh, he had a permanent limp so he kind of limp over towards you and started raise his fists oh. and started started a jab at you oh, and box yeah. you except the, the jabbing thing uncle. was yeah it was really hard he did it really yeah. hard the bastard yeah. and it would hurt play um, fighting uncles that's a good name yeah. for a pub, that, the Jabbing Uncle. The jabbing and it's just uncle, a picture yeah, of an intimidating-looking older man with his fists up, <laughs> with a half-grin on his face, but menace in his eyes. Yeah. Have I ever told I... you about un- Uncle Arthur, the the uncle of my... I had an Uncle Arthur, personally, uh, who's quite a character in his own right, but my dad mm. had an Uncle Arthur from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And my dad is one of eight children, right? He's got seven siblings. And they, and as I've said many times, his, his mum was a scouser, but they moved down to London. And one day, 
him and a selection of his siblings were out back. They were quite young in the garden, just frolicking, as children did in the 50s. Selection of siblings. <laughs> right? They yeah. were just out back. This fucking geezer, like my aunt, my, my grandma, sorry, she was one of about fucking eight as well. That's how it was in those days, wasn't it? Yeah. Everyone had fucking loads of siblings. So she had all these, like, uncles and aunts. Uh, she had all these brothers and sisters up in Liverpool who she would mention, but my dad and his siblings couldn't keep track of it, you know, yeah. and they didn't see them. One day they're all in the garden. Some geezer, my, the way my dad describes him was, she go, he goes, he looked like Max Wall, you know, the old fucking music <laughs> hall entertainer. Yeah. He had a big baggy suit and he was bald on top, but his hair was all long at the sides, right? <laughs> oh, also, uh, the comedian Mick Miller. Do you remember him? He used to yeah. be on The Comedians. He had the similar yeah. hairstyle, didn't he? And basically, this geezer with disappearance suddenly came down the bin alley and into the garden where they were all playing <laughs> on all fours barking like a dog <laughs> and the kids all of them my dad was the oldest right so he's about 10 and sort of like thought oh i better take control of the situation there's a man behaving like a dog but all yeah. his like sisters and his younger brothers are like running around screaming right who the fuck is this a dog man and then that when they all started crying, he jumped to his feet and went, Hello, kids, it's me. It's your Uncle Arthur. Right? <laughs> they didn't know who the fuck he was. They'd never met the cunt. <laughs> but he'd come down from Liverpool as a surprise and thought, Ah, I've got to fucking give them the surprise of their life. They're going to the be made of the treatment, the dog bite yeah. treatment. Yeah. And he's come down, and he's, he's obviously turned up for, right, I'll go on. I'll go and visit our Marjorie, which is my nan's name. I'll go and visit our Marjorie down in that London. So he's got there and he's heard the kids frolicking in the back in the in the garden. And just before he's gone to knock on the front door, he's got oh, I've got a better idea. I'm going to give him a little treat. I'm going to get on all fours and crawl down the bin alley and burst out on the fuckers. I love it. <laughs> and it traumatised them. It yeah. traumatised all of my dad's, all my uncles and aunts will still, that I've heard this story from my dad, but I've heard it from various, like, uncles and aunts as well. They all have their own memories of it from a young age because it's one of those very yeah. traumatising things that a, a strange man suddenly came barking at you on all fours in your garden. <laughs> the first first moment in life where you realise maybe the world isn't such a safe place. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Random <laughs> terrible things could happen at any time. Yeah. We all have that moment in our lives and it's usually the first bit of trauma we experience and that was my dad's and all of his siblings. The other thing I can think about Uncle Alf's and his, his wife, who was called Nan, so it was Auntie Nan and Uncle Alf. <laughs> Her name was Anne, but she got called Nan. Nan, for yeah. fucking whatever Easier. reason. So um, the other thing I remember, other than being punched repeatedly by a limping Uncle Alf, was... Um, Every Christmas when we visited, me and my brother, who were like, as I say, eight, and he was three years younger, we'd always be given mm. a glass of sherry. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh my a glass of Harvey's Bristol Creep. A very small glass. You know, Go a small kids. sherry glass. Go on, kids, have your full. sherry. But there you are, drink your sherry, uh, child. How old were you when he gave you sherry? About seven or eight, I reckon. Fucking hell. That's the sort of shit that you hear about in France, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. That's how they yeah. treat their kids in France. It's different cultures, though, isn't it? They do yeah. that in France. Perfectly, yeah. um, perfectly normal in France. We Maybe give our pioneers. babies wine and some for their for their food. When we start them on solids, we give them the uh, fried 
cow's knees. <laughs> it's very tasty and nutritious. Now we show them some erotic drawings. Maybe lead them on to some soft porn when they are 15 or so. And then we speak to them about the great philosophical ideas of our time. Do we really <laughs> exist? Why are we here? <laughs> here, smoke as you're done with me, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, a glass of sherry at Christmas and a punch-up from Uncle Al. Um So that was the 70s for you, mate. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got Fred, Tr- Fred Truman cricket legend slightly scary uncle and he's wearing uh, a, a kind of a green brown cardigan and a brown shirt and a massive jazzy patterned kipper tie which was very fashionable at the time and he looks he looks fucking great if I can adopt that look now that Fred Truman's got in this show I'd be I'd be well happy it's a um, it's a it's a Sunday lunchtime at the uh, the working men's club kind of look before you go home and have the Sunday dinner that the women of the family have been slaving away over. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, like in he's, Yesterday's Hero when in the yeah, in the scenes where exactly. um, they go to that working man's club on Sunday morning before their lunch, don't That's they? That's right, yeah. For like four or five pints yeah. <laughs> before lunchtime. Um, there, there was... Me, um, me ex-wife grew up on a council estate in Sunderland and I was walking for the bus home I'd stayed over at hers one night one Saturday night and it was a Sunday lunchtime I was walking home walking for the for the bus to, to get home afterwards and uh, I distinctly remember this car slowly driving towards me and um, it was driven by a man but there was an incredibly glamorous woman in the passenger seat and they were looking yeah. for somewhere and I thought that's the stripper yes that's the, that's the working men club stripper it's Sunday yeah. dinner time. They're looking for the club. That's great. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. Oh, my brother's stag. And I was best man, but I was quite young, and my brother's mates were all older, and I felt the pressure to organise something a bit glamorous. But I didn't have much cash. Mm. But I was working on a men's magazine at the time called Later, and um, I used, as you could in those days when magazines sold more, I used my, I exploited my position by ringing up a new fancy hotel in East London that had just opened and saying that I needed a room 
a conference. I needed full conference facilities in this trendy hotel on a Friday night mm-hmm. because I said I don't know why I was so elaborate with my lie, but I told them that there was an international summit of the editors of all our international titles, and they were mm-hmm. all coming into town, and we were going to meet at this hotel. Utter fiction. Also, there was no international versions of Leighton Magazine. There was only a British version, but whoever was in charge of the hotel making these decisions didn't really bother checking it out. So they they said, fine, and they laid it all on for us, right? And um, it was quite grand. And then I rock up, and they're probably expecting someone far more, what would you call it, just... You know, I was a fucking... I I looked like a fucking callow adolescent, really. I was in my early 20s. Do you know what I mean? They sort of thought, this cunt who was sending us the faxes with all this bullshit about an international business conference, he's rocked up and he he looks like a fucking idiot, right? Mm. But I carried on the shtick. And anyway, we had the meal. But because they thought this was... It was a new hotel and they were making a big effort to impress us. They thought they were going to get a lot of press. They laid on quite a lot of staff who were sort of mm. on hand throughout the whole meal to service it. We were paying for the meal, by the way, just not the rental of the room. Yeah. And then the strippers turned up, right? I'd, I'd organised some strippers. And there was a couple. And they turned up. And at this stage, we were still somehow managing to convince the people that this was a some sort of summit <laughs> right but we were all plastered and the fuck it there's a knock at the door and i said i'll get it because i knew it was the strippers but the the people the the you know the waiters or whatever said no no we will answer the door sir and these women like you just couldn't have fucking they might as well have been wearing t-shirts saying we are the strippers they were yeah. both in full length fur coats covered in makeup stiletto heels <laughs> right strippers. And and we are the hello. We are the strippers. We are here to strip. Where would you like us to strip? We will start stripping at your command. We will strip off at the clap of your hands. And I know they're only joking. They're not strippers. And I said, right. I said to all this waiting staff who were attending to us, I said, you have to leave. And they said, no, no, we cannot leave because we have been instructed by our bosses that we have to be here to cater to your requirements throughout the night and I thought <laughs> oh god and meanwhile these strippers are just stood in the corner right waiting to be given the strip signal yeah. and um, <laughs> by the way I take no pride in any of this strippers and all of that it's embarrassing but I was young and it was the 90s and we all have regrets so I said uh, I said yeah listen um, the, this part of the of the meeting is highly commercially sensitive, right? Mm. I was really drunk. And like I say, I look <laughs> fucking young. Like it's very commercially sensitive the next part of this meeting. This is where we talk about financial projections, share <laughs> prices, and <laughs> so forth. We are going and to talk about our plans for Q3. <laughs> very top <laughs> secret. <laughs> it was exactly like that. And they're looking at me sceptically. I I appreciate the service that you are. It is incumbent upon you to provide to the man of my status. However, it is a legal requirement that we have no non-shareholders in the room. You must leave. I'm about to activate the PowerPoint. (laughs) 
<laughs> Meanwhile, by me, there's these two strippers in fur coats, and then about like strip, just yeah? <laughs> twenty like fucking drunk animalistic men who are just oh, fucking God. you know openly fucking taking cocaine stuff off the table, and in the end they're gone. All right, yeah, we'll we'll leave, but we'll wait outside. <laughs> call us. Call us, call us back in when you have completed your presentation. <laughs> yes, of course I will. Call you back in at the correct, the appropriate moment. <laughs> I'm almost like shoving them out the door. We close the door. I'm a rich call, giving it. Like any strip, strip, strip of your lives, strip like you have never stripped before. Strip <laughs> for Britain. <laughs> oh, God. Because the stuff's just behind the door listening to all of this, obviously. Well, no, the there, were, I, it, it, there was there was ca- chaos uh, ensued from there. Mm. I had an uncle. Uncle seemed to be the recurring theme. Mm. Not an uncle by blood. My blood aunt's husband. And right, they'd yeah. split up. Right? I think he'd been cuckolded. I'm not sure. But anyway, there was, yeah, there was a... <laughs> There was, there was a lot of rumours flying around. But we'd always liked him. He'd been a nice uncle and we felt bad for him. Yeah, so we decided to invite one. him along to yeah. this stag because we thought he could do with a night out to cheer him and up a bit. some strippers. <laughs> but we, wasn't, we weren't sure how he'd react because he wasn't like us, right? He was. We weren't sure how he would sort of adapt into the, the atmosphere of yeah. this sort of event. Yeah. But we thought, well, it's up to him if he comes or not. And if he doesn't like what he sees, he can always just fuck up, make his excuses and fuck off. Yeah. Ten minutes into these strippers going into action, my (laughs) uncle John was riding around. No, he was on all fours and she was riding on him, whipping him with his own tie. (laughs) And literally I'm hearing tap, tap, tap at the door and I'm opening the door, but just a crack and hello, yes, how can I help you? And they go, oh, is there anything God. you need? We heard a commotion. No, it's fine. We are just going into the projections for our, our yield, our Q3 yields. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it, things are becoming quite animated, but I assure you everything's under control. They're just slamming the door again before they can see they're trying to peek around. <laughs> And uh, but I did the the person who saw out the hotel. She she didn't complain, but she did call me the following week and mm. said that there was all sorts going on. There was a fucking huge racket. You threw our staff out of the room. Mm. You know we know that it wasn't a business meeting. Come clean. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, you know, what's done's done. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and learn and move on from it. <laughs> I've learned a thing or two. I'm sure you have as well. We'll chalk it down to experience and just move on. You, you can't go back. Life you is fleeting. You cannot go back. Do I wish I would have done things differently? Yes, I suppose I do. But how do you grow in life? Yeah, how do you grow? You grow from making mistakes. And I'll tell you one more thing before I let you go, right? It's not, it's not how you get knocked down. It's how you get back up again. That's what counts. Do you get me? Are you we with can- me here? I mean, let's look at it this way. Last Wednesday, we could have all stayed at home and done nothing. We'd still be the same people we were then. But we did what we did. We're different people. We've learned. We've grown. And that's the main thing. I lied to you. I invented a business summit that was fictional. Right? Yes. I regret doing that now. I shouldn't have lied. But... Will I do it again? Maybe. Yes, I might. 
Probably not to you, but I will try the same scam on another hotel at another time in the future. It was it was very enjoyable. I very well might do it again. Ultimately, it was successful. (laughs) I got away with it, didn't I? Look at it that way, and no one's hurt. So, apart from apart from my uncle John, who's put his back out. (laughs) In fact, I was going to ask you about that. I may have to claim something legally. Because it happened oh. on your premises. <laughs> oh, God. Talking about magazine advantages, I, I used to write for Front Magazine, and yeah. I, I got in touch with a company who were based in Prague who did Stag Weekend Experiences. Yeah. Uh, and they provided a hotel, and they provided, I think it was like uh, an afternoon at a shooting range, because that's, that's a yeah. good stag activity, isn't it? Um, and uh, a, a night out in... A, a bar that they were associated with, so I put together this stag package as a prize in the in the magazine, and put it out there in the issue. And at about the same time, my brother's mate was due to have a stag weekend, Uh-oh. and he hadn't got anything planned. So I said to him, "Get yourself entered into this competition. Get all your mates to enter, and you might have a chance of winning it." And I yeah. thought, you know, there's going to be like loads of fucking entries to this free mm. weekend. Pretty much, all you got to do is provide your flights, and. um so like six of them all entered this competition they all sent in their name and address or the stamped address envelope or a postcard (laughs) BBC television centre Wood Lane London yeah (laughs) so they did that in the front magazine do you know how many other people entered that competition oh no like two or something three fucking hell three yeah it's amazing how few people enter things or they did in those days yeah if you don't get many people, that's why you get these people who are compers. I'm a professional mm. comper. I do competitions all day long, and I've won mm. all of these things. I've won a shower curtain. I've won a Renault Megane, <laughs> and <laughs> I've won some football boots. And um, and yeah, because the because the only people who do competitions are fucking compers. Basically, people don't really bother. And yeah. in the end, six of my brother's mates and three other people and when we drew it out of the hat it was one of my brother's mates that got it did you feel compromised at all in the eyes of the other people at the magazine like you'd rigged it not really because I hadn't really rigged it I just suggested no you hadn't rigged it I'm not, I'm not accusing you of anything what no, I'm no. saying is is that if you ask Fucking people hell. to enter a competition <laughs> on your magazine then they win you feel yeah. oh god this is embarrassing no not at all I, I, I was quite open about it it was I mean it was front magazine for fuck's sake hardly anybody was reading it anyway when I was at um, when I was at Heat they did Torso of the Month and then they did Reader's Torso of the Month right so they had a celebrity they had a page shows your torso right what's the situation with right next on my agenda what's the torso situation this month what's the torso count I did have to do that they'd present me with fucking pictures of torsos I'd be like I don't fucking know. Which torso do you want? <laughs> All right. All right. I shut my eyes and put one up random. <laughs> but it was I'll Reader's get, Torso of the Year, right? I'll get six of my mates to enter it and pick one of them. <laughs> well, a mate did enter it. But the thing was, was it was his wife said to me, do you know what would be really nice is if you put Dan's... It, I think I want to enter Dan without him knowing. Blimey. Right. Because <laughs> like, it shows that their marriage was very much alive and kicking, right? Because yeah. a wife want, thought, I think, and I said, oh, okay, just do it through the normal channels. And she was yeah. a bit like, don't be a cunt. Come on. Do you know, don't be a fucking cunt about it. Put him in. 
So I said, all right, I'll just stick him in. But you've got to understand, like, I don't fucking... I'm not going to decide who the fucking t- reader's torso of the year is, am I? Yeah, I'll leave that to the Dorises on the magazine yeah. or the gay lads, right? Yeah, I don't I, think that I'm an expert. Or you get one of the top models to come in and do it. Geordie Marsh yeah. or someone like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so... <laughs> get Geordie Marsh. Geordie Marsh. Look, I want to tell you up front, it'll be Geordie Marsh deciding this, not me, right? <laughs> but, um, so that was no, surprised that she comes knocking on the door, fancies a piece. What's his way? <laughs> it was it was awkward, but she but the problem was is that this mate of mine, he was in good shape, you know, he's going to the gym a lot. But the sort of uh, the people who entered it were like these fucking maniacs who like mm. you know, I knew from my days working at men's health that these guys dehydrated themselves for twenty four hours before doing a fucking abs shoot because oh, that, right. that accentuates the way they appear, right? Fucking hell. Good tip. Yeah, there. I used to I used to be down there on the fucking shoots at Men's Health and I'd have loads of waters on standby because as soon as the shoot wrapped, they'd just want to fucking guzzle four <laughs> litres of Evian because they hadn't fucking drunk anything in Fill 24 hours. Fill their tits hours. with water. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Plus I saw that fucking water. My tits have dried out. <laughs> My tits are parched. <laughs> in fact, just spray my tits down. <laughs> Where's the nearest the car wash? On. I'll just go Where? sit in that. Switch on the tit sprinklers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so basically it was awkward. That was an awkward example so of, it, this, of a was mate. This, was this kind it. of in the era before emails and shit? Would he, would he have had to like take a photograph and, and send it in in an envelope or something like that? Some or? people, I think we got a mix then. Probably, yeah. Yeah, we probably did get quite a lot on email and then some right. sent in. But I basically took it in and I had to go, oh to whoever was handling it. I'm like, oh, can you put this in? Is it Who extra is it? torso? Who is it? Contest? For torso of the month. Who is it? It's a reader. It Why have you got it? Oh, it's my mate. And they're looking at me like, fuck's sake. What's the matter with you? you, you the, you're supposed to be the fucking gaffer and you're bringing in fucking photographs of your friend's bare chest and trying to fucking get, bringing... oh, I'll with a prize or something, right? And I go, well, don't, don't be... And there, was, there was no way I could influence it. The other guys, Andy, were so much more cut, as I yeah. believe it is called, right? Was this yeah. guy's just a dad who's in better shape than the average dad. Yeah. The other so guys were like men's health win. models. Didn't and win. So Did they I even to... get into the, the shortlist? Was there like a, a selection no. to choose no, from? They no, were just, they laughed. They, they, these girls they're on the yeah. mag, they're like, mate, Sam, this is... I know he's your mate, but no, fuck off. So I'm oh, like, all right, true. what am I supposed to do? Give it to my friend. Look at your sexy body. <laughs> Look at my friend's sexy body. Give him a prize. I'm the boss. <laughs> I demand my oh, friend God. is rewarded for his sexy body. Oh, <laughs> I man. mean... What kind of that, a situation is that for an adult that, male it. to be in? You, their respect for you just ebbs away after that. Yeah. Doesn't it so really? I thought, well, I can't compromise my respect any further than it has been compromised already yeah. by yeah. various actions. So I will go. Uh, so then the wife's on at me the whole time. Has he won? What's happening? Is he going to be Where's in the, the shortlist? Is he going to be in the mag? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, they just. The girls in the office basically don't fancy your husband enough oh, they fancy him enough. a bit but not oh. enough to win oh thanks a lot 
Well, what am I supposed to do? I can't order them to fancy him, can I? And it was an awkward situation. Well, maybe she thought you could, because you're the boss. I demand that you fancy my friend now. Look look at my sexy, attractive friend. Fancy him or you're fired. Do it! I can't fire you. I've looked into it with HR, but I can look dimly upon you. (laughs) And that will compromise your future... Your future chances of success and promotion. <laughs> Within the magazine industry. Yes, it's an industry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You have compromised your, your career here. <sighs> yeah, I mean, just stupid. Goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. 99, 95% of what I've done is just fucking pointless nonsense. I mean, yeah, imagine being an adult embroiled in that kind of drama. Uh, well, Probably like occupied a huge fucking space in my mind for the best part of a month that i mean there's there's worse jobs you can have sub i have always thought i know that. i know <laughs> look, i'm not complaining that's it's for fucking, fucking sure i mean but you're, you're lucky to have done shit stuff and been paid for it but what i'm saying is it's just funny isn't it that you kind yeah. of would have you're, yeah that would have been living rent free in my head for a while like oh no oh no how am i going to get my friend a, like in in torso of the month because if yeah. not, his wife's going to be, like, offended. <laughs> really cross for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And we've just basically spent 35 minutes talking about all that shit. So there we go. We didn't get very far with the indoor league. Uh, we've looked at Fred Truman briefly. Um, speaking of tits, though, there are some nipples about to uh, appear in the next episode, which is a yeah. bit unexpected. But we'll uh, we'll save that for you for next time. So thank you very much for listening. Back with more next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.